This is the Italian Citizenship Podcast, hosted by Marco Permunian and Rafael Di Furia. Hello there, and welcome back to another edition of the Italian Citizenship Podcast, presented by ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com. Of course, we are back at it again with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about a recent court case that went through the court of Rome that uh, has many individuals wondering about what the future of Italian citizenship by descent will look like. And so Marco, to just jump straight into this, can you tell us more about this recent court case? Uh, And from there, we can dive deeper. In this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the court ruling number uh 17161 of june the 15th of 2023 rendered by the italian supreme court uh italian corte di cassazione before we talk about ruling 17161 of june the 15th of 2023 rendered by the italian supreme court maybe it's best to just give an overview of what the what we're talking about, what type of cases we're talking about in this episode. And in this episode, we're strictly talking about 1948 cases. So uh, cases involving a female ancestor who uh, gave birth to her child before January 1st of 1948, which is, by the way, what causes the necessity of trying these uh, cases in court, which have been tried uh, and presented by many people uh, in in the recent years. And, and more specifically, in this episode, we're talking about a subcategory of these cases, uh, and more precisely, uh, the situation of an Italian-born ancestor who became naturalized uh, while their child, who was born in the U.S., was still a minor, so under the age of 21, before 1975, or under the age of 18, after 1975, because the adult age uh, changed Uh, under Italian law in 1975, it was 21 years of age before, now it's 18 years of age. And as we said in a previous episode, the law regarding 1948 cases changed uh, last year in June. And after June, it is necessary to file these 1948 cases in the local regional courts where the ancestor was from. Um, So the court that covers the place of birth of the Italian-born ancestor, whereas these cases were being filed in Rome uh, before that. So it basically the law only changed where these cases need to be filed. And as I said in a different recent episode, uh, we're presenting these cases in the local regional courts now, and these cases are being uh, successful. So the local regional courts, they're basically approving Uh, these cases involving an ancestor who was born in Italy who naturalized when their child was a minor. And just again, to be clear, we're not talking about the general category of 1948 cases here, just this subcategory involving an ancestor who did become naturalized and who became naturalized when the child was still a minor. So if your ancestor never naturalized or naturalized after the child was already an adult from a legal standpoint, this episode doesn't really apply to you. But if uh, your case falls within this subcategory, like I said, these cases now are being filed in the local courts and they're being successful, at least uh, regarding ICA, we're trying these cases and we got all 
positive rulings as opposed to um, when we were filing these cases in Rome, the Civil Court of Rome, where all of these cases were being filed before, uh, like I said in the other video, in the recent uh, months, especially the months before the law changed, some judges started to deny uh, these cases, uh, meaning these judges, they applied a different interpretation of the law and more precisely of Article 12 of Law uh, 555 of 1912 in a way, in a restrictive way, basically. So according to these Roman judges, this, this group of Roman judges, uh, the naturalization of the ancestor while the child who was born in the U.S. was still a minor uh, caused the loss of Italian citizenship, not only for the uh, Italian ancestor itself, but also for the child. And I explained uh, what was going on in Rome in the other episode that we released a few months ago. Now, I think it's worth mentioning that the cases that were uh, ruled negatively in Rome, and again, only a certain group of judges was ruling against these cases, they were successfully appealed by uh, Italian citizenship assistance uh, so far, so we got positive rulings from the uh, Court of Appeal. So what happened with the recent Supreme Court's decision that we referenced at the beginning of the video? Uh, what happened with decision 17161 of uh, June the 15th of 2023? And by the way, I just want to uh, make it clear that we're not involved in this case, so there are only certain details that we know from the public records. Uh, but basically, the uh, Italian Supreme Court stated that the naturalization of the ancestor in that specific case, uh, while the child who was born in the U.S. Uh, was still a minor, uh, caused the loss of Italian citizenship for the child as well. So the, the Supreme Court ruled negatively in that case. Now, a lot of people have been asking me what are the ramifications of this decision and I think it's very important to state that in the Italian legal system, these judicial decisions or any uh, judicial ruling in general, no matter which court rendered the ruling, is not binding for any other court in Italy. So basically the situation after this ruling didn't really change from before. So in other words, the Supreme Court's decision is not legally binding for uh, the civil courts, the local civil courts in the different regions of Italy, for the Court of Rome itself, for the Court of Appeal of Rome. So none of these courts are uh, strictly, legally speaking, forced to follow this decision. So they're still free to make their own determination. And as a matter of fact, if another case was to be brought before the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court itself could render a different decision. That's how the Italian legal system works. And so a lot of people may wonder, okay, I understand the legal system in Italy is different from the US legal system where the legal precedent is binding for uh, a certain number of other courts. So why it is that in Italy, uh, the legal system works that way? Why is it that the Supreme Court's decision is not binding for basically anybody? Well, the explanation is that the Supreme Court, it happens very frequently, the Supreme Court itself can render different decisions over a period of time, and we have witnessed that situation before a number of times. 
um, when there is a disagreement normally within the Supreme Court, so a judge or a panel of judges, I should say, decides in one way and another panel of judges decides in a different way, is that at some point over the years, normally the Supreme Court uh, tends to take a decision with all the judges uh, gathered together so that the decision is, so to speak, final. Uh, in a way that one might expect that if a similar case was to be brought again before the Supreme Court, then the Supreme Court uh, would decide in that way because the, all the judges within the Supreme Court gathered and decided that that was the final decision for that specific matter and we're not there yet. So, like I said, this is a normal uh, decision rendered by the Supreme Court, rendered by some judges, a panel of judges within the Supreme Court. So. It doesn't mean that is uh, going to be taken that the same decision is going to be taken again by the Supreme Court should a similar case be brought there again. And like I said, this decision itself is not binding for uh, the local regional courts. It's not binding for the Civil Court of Rome, and it's not binding for the uh, Court of Appeal in Rome. So, in short, the situation after this decision is not much different. Uh, and again, talking about this subcategory of 1948 cases, it's not much different than it was before this decision was rendered. So, Marco, just to make sure that I'm understanding correctly, because just for the sake of my own understanding, as well as I'm sure there are going to be others, because it's definitely a very complicated subject and it, you explained it amazingly. It's just it's there are so many intricacies here, although <laughs> maybe considering some of the other factors of Italian citizenship and the way things work, it's maybe one of the more simplified things um, that I've heard from uh, some of the more complicated topics. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. But to make sure that I'm understanding you correctly. It seems as though this case, represented by another firm in a different situation from the public record, it seems as though they uh, were not able to get their first case through in the court of Rome, and then they brought it to the Supreme Court because of that original ruling, and the Supreme Court ruled in the same way that the original court did um, in that situation. But even though they do hold a very high position within kind of the Italian legal system, their final decision is not binding to others. And of course, this is like you mentioned, only a subcategory just to make sure is that basically correct so far? That is correct. Yes. And the subcategory that we're talking about is the situation again of an ancestor who became naturalized while their child who was born in the US was still a minor. So this does not apply to um, somebody who was an ancestor who never naturalized or who naturalized after their child was an adult from a legal standpoint. Is there any potential for this case to have any effect on the greater Italian citizenship kind of field uh, for people who are trying to get it by descent through a consulate, through a municipality, or through a local court? Are, are there or any other type of uh, Italian citizenship uh, processes? Can this have any wider um, impact? So regarding 1948 cases, so, so we're strictly talking, my, my answer is regarding um, cases that are being brought to court. Of course, you know, this decision is on record and some judges may look at it, may take into consideration. Of course, it comes from a high court, but again, legally speaking, it's not binding. So any judge is free to make a different determination. And also a similar or identical case could be brought again uh, before the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court could take a an opposite decision. Uh, regarding people 
like you said, in general, people who are going through the consulates and people who are going through Italian municipalities, people who have this specific issue, so an ancestor who did become naturalized and who became naturalized uh, while the child was a minor, the decision does not automatically apply to consulate cases or to cases that are processed by an Italian municipality because the judicial system is completely uh, separate from the Italian public administration. So like I said, this decision does carry some authority. Some judges uh, could take this decision into consideration while rendering the rulings and, and the decision itself does not directly, legally speaking, apply to or influence can influence consulates or municipalities because the public administration, which includes consulates and municipalities in Italy, are it is separate from the uh, judicial system. Very interesting. And so, taking all of these factors that you've discussed so far into consideration, um, is there anything that can be done, or anything that should be done by individuals who would fit into this subcategory if their case hasn't already been made yet in front of the court? So, for people who have a 1948 case and uh, this issue applies to them, so they have an ancestor who was naturalized while their child, who was born in the U.S., was still a minor. Of course, these people. Uh, who try cases, and I encourage people to try these cases uh, every day, um, again, because of the positive rulings that we got from the local regional courts ever since we started to use the local regional courts, so ever since the law changed. So for people who have this um, issue, uh, my best recommendation is to look into alternative potential lines to use. So if that ancestor was naturalized while their child was a minor, there might be a different ancestor uh, who was not naturalized uh, or who was naturalized after the child was uh, an adult. And it's not uncommon for people of Italian descent to have multiple lines uh, that they can potentially use uh, and, and, and use for their court case. And also for people who have an Italian ancestor who was naturalized when their child was a minor, it's not uncommon for the spouse of that ancestor uh, to have not naturalized. Um, for instance, if your great-grandfather um, became naturalized while your grandmother was a minor, and you're going through the courts, of course, because your grandmother then gave birth to your mother before or your father before January 1st of 1948. So if your great-grandfather did naturalize while your grandmother was a minor, uh, it's worth looking into whether your great-grandmother was naturalized. It's not uncommon for the female spouse of the male ancestor who were uh, becoming naturalized to not being part of that process. And also there's a different scenario where the female did become naturalized, but involuntarily and automatically, because let's not forget that Prior to September the 22nd of 1922, uh, so prior to the Cable Act coming into effect in the U.S., the citizenship of women was connected, legally speaking, to the U.S. citizenship of their husbands. So when their husband was becoming a U.S. citizen, they were also automatically and completely involuntarily becoming U.S. citizens, and that situation was challenged successfully before the Italian court. So while you have a male ancestor who did become naturalized while 
uh, his child, your grandmother, for example, was a minor, it could be that your great-grandmother, like I said before, was never naturalized or was naturalized completely uh, involuntarily and automatically just because uh, her husband became naturalized. And that situation can be compared from a legal standpoint to somebody who was never naturalized because the courts in Italy have said it many times, only the voluntary naturalization counts from a legal standpoint. The involuntary naturalization is like if it never happened. To recap again, because it's a very technical topic and very complicated and there's a lot of details here, for an individual who would find themselves in these particular set of circumstances where their ancestor naturalized when the next person in their line was a minor, if they are thinking about making a claim for Italian citizenship through a 1948 case or otherwise, should they have any concern at this moment in time? The answer is no, because the Supreme Court decision that we are talking about in this video in the Italian legal system is not legally binding for the other judges. It does carry some authority, but it's not legally binding for any other judge. Thank you so much for repeating that. I, I realize that for some viewers that may be like, why, why is he asking the same question again? <laughs> because it's unfortunately, there's a, 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 some aspects of this, which I think could be very easily misunderstood. And I feel as though that with this particular topic being a bit extra clear, even if it means repeating some of the information will definitely be very worthwhile for many individuals who may watch this episode. But thank you, Marco, again so much for making yourself available for this episode to go into this topic and to shed light on what things look like. I think it's a very important topic and I know many people are curious about what's going on right now. So really, again, thank you so much. Uh, of course, if anybody is looking to get their Italian citizenship, whether it's through a 1948 case or otherwise how can they get in contact with you and your team to make sure that their case will be clear people can contact us through our website italiancitizenshipassistance.com or call us our number is on the website well absolutely fantastic and of course if you're interested in more episodes like this about italian citizenship be sure that you are subscribed to this youtube channel as well as the audio only podcast but of course if you're subscribed to the youtube channel that means you're also automatically subscribed to the italian real estate podcast another project that marco and i collaborate on where we talk about moving to italy life in italy and other factors of practically making italy your home and also if you're interested in content about living abroad life abroad and life abroad as a dual citizen expat be sure to come over to my youtube channel and podcast you can search for not your average globe trotter of course again we have been here with mr marco permunian from italian citizenship assistance.com i'm rafael di furia stay safe and healthy and we will see you all next time later thank you